After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast. That we're now on Red Circle as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. You also can find a lot of our content these days on Playback. So check that out. We tweet that out from the Five Reasons Sports account. Not only do we sit there and watch live streams with you of games and comment and do our own broadcast, which you can listen to, but we're going to be putting more original content there as well. So check it out. Just go to my Twitter feed, fivereasonsports.com, and you can show it shows you there how to sign up. It's easy and it's free, at least to sign up uh, through playback. Also, check out fivereasonsports.com, spell that one out, and check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes Miami Gaming Parties. This seems like a really good idea for a rainy day. Miami Gaming Parties delivers private custom video game tournaments for gamers and their lucky guests. It's truly custom. You pick the game and the package. So any game, you want to play Madden, you want to play Call of Duty, whatever it is you want to play, you pick the game and the package, premium or black tie VIP for 8 to 16 people. They bring everything at Miami Gaming Parties, everything from PS5s to trophies for the winners. You can play at home or at a venue of your choosing, and they have free on-site consultations. So they'll go through everything with you. Birthday party, bachelor party, anniversary, corporate event, Anything you want to celebrate, check them out. It's at MiamiGamingParties.com. That's MiamiGamingParties.com. Or go to their Twitter handle, at GamingParties, or their Instagram, Miami underscore Gaming underscore Parties. But just go to MiamiGamingParties.com. They've got all the information there. And set up your private custom video game tournament today. And now, today's episode. Down to this Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at BradyHawk305. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. No Greg today. He's actually hosting, of all things, a Knicks Cavaliers stream as that game is at halftime as we're recording this episode. Two of Greg's favorite teams. He's hosting that on playback right now. Well, most of your favorite team is the Miami Heat, although it didn't feel like that before their play-in game against the Bulls because the majority of our audience wanted the team to lose. But they did not lose, and so they got on a plane to Milwaukee today. Jimmy was wearing some kind of Ducks jersey. 
And everybody headed up there uh, after Jimmy basically not only won the game for the Heat along with Max Struess, but tried to get Max more money afterwards with the, his his comments in the post game and on Instagram. We're going to frame this with this way. I don't think anybody – well, let's start here, okay, because Greg's not here, so he doesn't have to interject. Is anybody picking the Heat in this series? This don't everybody like... speak at once, Brady. Is everybody picking the Heat in this series? Or are you not? I'm not telling you to. I'm, I'm just asking the question. Is anybody here picking the Heat in this series? Because I'm not. No. Brady? No. no. Alex? No. Okay. All right. So nobody's picking the Heat in this series. So this is how we're going to frame this, okay? I went through some of the numbers today, and they're frightening, frankly. Um, <laughs> this is not the best Bucks team by the numbers that's come into the playoffs in the past few years. Actually, they're fifth in the league in net rating, even though they led the league in wins uh, with 58. So they're not the dominant team. A couple of years ago, they came in with like a net rating of like plus 11. But I do think it's the best equipped team for the postseason that they've ever had. And one of the reasons that their numbers is a, their numbers are a little bit deceiving is that Chris Middleton only played 32 games this year, and he only averaged 24 minutes a game. So he was essentially a part-time player for half of the season, not even half of the season this year. And also, Milwaukee fortified its bench as the season went on with some of the, the additions they made, a couple of whom are very familiar to the Miami Heat in Jake Crowder and Goran Dragic, even though Dragic doesn't seem to be part of the rotation, Crowder is. So I'm going through these numbers. And I'm like, okay, look, this team is not as dominant as some other teams. But when you start to break them down a little bit and you realize the pieces that they have that are going to give the Heat enormous problems in this series, we are struggling to come up with ways that the Heat can compete. And so that's what this episode is going to be about. Not how the Heat win this series. How do they compete? Because if they can compete, you know, anything can happen. A sprained ankle, you know a hot shooting night, that kind of stuff. And maybe, 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 maybe this is stretched out more than we thought. And maybe, maybe the Heat would pull what would be one of the biggest upsets, honestly, in NBA history, okay, in terms of difference in record, uh, where the Heat have had to come from here. This is not at all like it was three years ago where it was a mild upset that the Heat beat the Bucks in the bubble. This would be a massive upset with the Heat beating the Heat uh, Bucks this time. I'll just give you one stat that just jumped out to me, and then I'm going to go through it with you guys to figure out ways that maybe the Heat can compete in this series. The Miami Heat have one player who shoots 37% or better from three, and that's Tyler Hero, and it's barely, okay? It's 37.8%. The Bucks have eight players, seven of whom are in their current rotation that shoots 37% or better from three. They have four players who shoot 40% or better from three. And by talking about those players, we're not even mentioning their best player, obviously, who is arguably the best player in the world in Giannis. I still think he is, regardless of who wins MVP. And also Chris Middleton, who typically does shoot close to 35 to 37% from three, but was down a little bit as a part-time player. So you're talking about surrounding Giannis and Middleton. Middleton, who's who's won a gold medal, uh, middle, two guys have won championships, uh, Middleton, a multi-time all-star. Giannis, arguably the best player in the world. You were talking about surrounding them with eight shooters in their rotation, okay, all on reasonable volume also, okay, and also elite defenders, some of these guys, because one of those guys who shoots 37% or better is their center, Brooke Lopez, who in my view is the defensive player of the year, even though it's going to go to Jaron Jackson Jr., and then we talk about a guy in Drew Holiday who is 
depending on the day and the health of Middleton, the second or third best player on the team, who in my view is still the best perimeter defender in the NBA and just had one of his most efficient offensive seasons as a true number two complement to Giannis. So we're going to go through this and try to figure out ways that the Heat, who are going up there on less than 36 hours okay, of rest, get on a plane to go to that building to play a team that has a guy who's going to be top three in MVP, a guy who's going to be top three in defensive player of the year, as another guy who's arguably the best perimeter defender in the league, eight three-point shooters, an experienced coach, and a whole bunch of champions. So I'll start with you here, Alex. Give me one way, and we're going to go back and forth here. Give me one way that he can compete. One way? I mean, that's just a crazy question. That's There's no one way for the Heat to compete or win against the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, this whole thing is just going to be a grind. And we've already seen this before. Obviously, the Heat have played them twice in the Jimmy era. Um, we know how differently both played out. And the context behind all of that, I, where I'm at with this, and I'm I'm with you, I think – you know, the numbers don't really point to an elite team when you look at the offense. Uh, and we know that's why uh, the Middleton the Middleton coming back thing is just scary. Like, it is very scary because I was looking through some of their stuff. For example, they had the 12th best half-court offense this season despite how little Middleton played, you know, compared to his typical season. That's scary. Um, the, you know, another thing that's just kind of, um, I think, relevant here, the Milwaukee Bucks have drained about 39% of their threes since the the bubble series. I mean, excuse me, the the second series, the one that ended with the sweep, right? Then you look at their defense. Third best defensive rebounding percentage, the fourth best defensive rating, fourth best in transition, third best in the half court. And then you try to see, okay, well, maybe there's something you could attack. Like what what do they give up? They don't give up threes. They they give up the least amount of shots at the rim. They defend everywhere at a high level. The only place that they give up shots is in the mid-range, and they give it up the most in the league. The Heat are going to have to grind this out with some old-school basketball, I think, with Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler having to get to a lot of um, end-of-shot clock, get into your spot, and pull up. And I think it's going to be a lot of in-between shots and mid-range shots because that's what the Bucks are giving up. And it's scary because you're not, you already know you're not going to be able to get offensive rebounds versus this team. You already know they're a great transition defense. Like it's going to be hard to uh, try to get more field goal attempts. Like we've known that that's been their, you know, their blueprint all season. The one thing I think you could point to that's a little bit um, positive for the Heat is that the Bucks are 19th in turnover percentage. You know, so they're they're not great there. Maybe you can turn them over a little bit, and that's where I kind of think it, it gets interesting to think about what Spo is going to utilize um, as his defensive strategy. I, I'm. I suspect it's going to be more of the the aggressive blitzing defense because they just can't match up with the Bucks one on one unless they're starting like Kevin Love to to match up on Brook and Bam on Giannis and I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna go that way especially with with just all the screening and all the uh, ground he's gonna have to cover with all the shooters I don't know that he's gonna do that it is kind of a fun thing to think about because you do want to see Bam on Giannis but I think we're gonna see Bam more on the back line perhaps switching. Um, which I don't want to see too much of because I think they're going to get a lot of open threes and offensive rebounds if the Heat uh, do too much switching. But I think there's going to be aggressive defense in general. You have to turn them over. And then on offense, you just got to hope that your three stars come to play and essentially that your role players hit threes. And so it's like you need absolutely everything to go right because of how small 
the margin for error is. Like their defense also fouls the second least. It's it's just it's just there is no easy answer is what I'm trying to say here. You have to do everything just just about perfectly. Well, that's what Jimmy said. When we have to play perfect. This reminds me of the big three era, but on the other side. So the the big three era, the Heat would go in as a number one or number two seed. I actually think they were only in the number one seed twice because Indiana was twice. Or Chicago was once. I'm sorry. They might have only been the number one seed once. But they would go in as a number one or number two seed. And if you remember their opponents during that, they played Philadelphia that first year, which actually Drew Holiday was on that team, uh, along with uh, Thad Young, Andre Iguodala, uh, Lou Williams. So there was a collection of good players there. Okay, the Heat won in five. The next year, I believe it was the New York year, correct? Uh, I think that was Stoudemire and and some of that crew um, that came in there, and that was the fire extinguisher year, right? And and some of the other players were that were on that team. Uh, and and Carmelo, and and so there were good players on that team. Miami, I think, won that series in five. Uh, there was the Milwaukee year, the next year, right? Which uh, I think Dwayne didn't even, from what I remember, Dwayne didn't even play the last game of that series. They sat him, and that was a sweep. And that was a team with Monte Ellis and Brandon Jennings, um, and they added JJ Redick during the season. And then the last year they played Charlotte. We actually talked. Uh, Reese, who did we talk to about that series recently? Oh, it was Cody Zeller. Uh, and the, the Heat swept that one. There was no Al, Je- Al Jefferson was hurt in that series, and they beat them. And we would talk about this the other way, Brady. Like, we would talk about it like, okay, the Heat aren't losing this series unless this and this and this and this and this, this, this happened. Now, I don't think any of those teams had a player as good as Jimmy Butler, okay, on an eight seed, okay? Particularly Jimmy, playoff Jimmy Butler, because Carmelo was not playoff Jimmy Butler. Okay. Uh, none of those Philadelphia players, I would think, were even as good as Bam, to be honest. And and some of the scorers on those teams were not as good as Tyler. So this is, on paper, a better number eight seed than you typically see. But the same applies. They, they have to be perfect to beat this team, which has already won a championship. So you give me one way that they can make this thing competitive. I think it's playing – I mean, Alex listed a ton of different things because he's right. Like, it has to be everything at once. Like, it can't just probably be one of these things. But I think the one way is – Jimmy Butler is going to be Jimmy Butler. Like, we know that. But Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo need to actually play ex- probably the exact opposite the way they did the every the other night in that playing game against the Bulls. Like, pretty much, Jimmy said after the Hawks game, we have to play exactly the opposite of we did tonight to win the next playing game. That's exactly what, what goes for Bam and Abayo and Tyler Hero. I look at even the, the stats uh, that Alex was just throwing out, the fact that they don't give up a ton of threes, they don't give up shots to the rim. What did they give up? They give up uh, just a ton of pull-up jumpers. What did Tyler Hero and Bam and Abayo do, you know, more often than anybody? Pull-up jumpers. Like, it's just constant Tyler Hero pull-ups against Milwaukee. We talked about it last year around this time where we said uh, Tyler was talking about in that game seven between Boston and Milwaukee. Like he knows who he'd rather see. It was Milwaukee. So now it's time to show it and kind of pull, get into those shots that he likes. Same goes for Bam. Like he, a lot of these shots he's been missing has been shots that he likes. You just have to hit those shots. <laughs> like in, in terms of matchups, that's what makes it interesting. Like we look at the Bulls game for instance, Pat Bev and Alex Caruso were absolutely hounding him. Specifically Pat Bev. Like they were not letting him breathe around a screen, Tyler. Like, he was coming off a screen. They were there. They were going under, over. They were just glued to him. 
Now take that to the next extent to your point before you said about Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is going to be guarding Tyler Hero, and he is not going to give him an inch. Like you can talk about operating and drop. It doesn't mean they're just going to give you an open shot in the mid-range. Drew Holiday is going to be kind of glued to you. So you have to be able to kind of take that. Then we talk about the shots from Bam against Vucevic. What is we think is going to happen again with Brooke Lopez? We we had the Brooke Lopez conversation for so long, and in the regular season, we finally felt like he beat those allegations because the he started kind of playing better in those Milwaukee games. So he has to hit those shots that Brooke is giving him. So I think in terms of those matchups, you're giving one outlet. Like, yeah, if Max Struess has a 30-point game, that might not be enough <laughs> to beat this Bucks team if Bam and if Bam and Tyler are giving you what they gave the other night. Like that is just pretty much it. And and we could talk about matchups and all. Like, yeah, Bam and Tyler are favored in this matchup more than Jimmy is. Like Jimmy would rather see a switching team where he could find matchups instead of operating like this. But Jimmy Butler is going to be Jimmy Butler. And maybe you know we'll look back to that 2021 series and say, well, that wasn't the case. Like that wasn't the case for anybody. So the fact is, I think Jimmy's going to be him. And it's weird because even if we're like trying to like judge things, like kind of measuring stick on what this series is going to be, it's a weird dynamic because there was like no we have like no evidence to base this off of on the season. Like there was only one game Giannis played. So it's like we only have a one game sample size. That was the game, I think it was in early February. I was looking at it before. The Bucs won 123 to 115. And Giannis had 35. And, and I know these are base numbers. And but the, the fact is Giannis had 35. He had a really big game. Jimmy had 32. If there's a way that Giannis can match Jimmy, uh, it's really just on Bam and Tyler to kind of take it to that next level. And I know role players play a part, and their bench is probably gonna go insane. And the fact that uh I think Portis had a big game that game as well. Uh, but what makes it interesting, and the reason I'm gonna tie this all together, Ethan, I know we're gonna get into this a little bit more. But it's the fact that they have to make decisions on the starting lineup because I think that's where things get interesting. Like, it, there's so many different ways that we could say it. Like, yeah, Max Schrus just had a huge 31-point game, but can he be your starting power forward in this game against against this front line? We could have the other discussion about Kevin Love. I brought up the fact that it might make sense to, guard, to put Kevin Love uh, into this game just to guard Brooks, then Bam could guard Giannis. And it's not only the Bam on Giannis factor – it's the fact that I think you need Jimmy guarding Middleton. <laughs> like, you really do. I th- in this game, I think Middleton came off the bench. He had 24. Like, you cannot survive with Bam on Brook, then sliding Jimmy, let's say, on Giannis. Then who's guarding Middleton? Like, yeah, you could say Caleb when he comes off the bench. But now you're – you just can't in these games get punched in the mouth early. And some of these lineups that they're potentially putting out there feels like they're setting themselves up for that. So could it be Max Drews? Could it be Kevin Love? I know a lot of people on Twitter were saying – potentially Haywood Highsmith, which would be very interesting. The fact that in the first playoff series, Haywood Highsmith starting a power forward, there's some different ways they can go, but I think that's going to be a deciding factor. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to get into the starting lineup more specifically and what some of the matchups are because this is the single biggest reason as you take a look at how you're going to guard Giannis and how many options the Bucks have to guard Jimmy. This is why this thing has flipped here over the past few years. So we're going to talk about that as well as strategy in terms of uh, how the defense has changed for the Bucks a little bit. And also my, my thoughts on Tyler here. Before we do, uh, use the code 5, F-I-V-E, at prizepicks.com. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. Do not, do not pick Trey Young to go over eight and a half assists in a game that Atlanta is going to be trailing the entire time and then sit there for an entire half waiting for Quinn Snyder to put him back in the game so we can get that last assist. I would advise against doing that because that's what I did today. But go to Prize Picks, Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. You can download Prize Picks from the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, or 
prizepicks.com. Again, prizepicks just rated the number one fastest growing sports product in the country. And for your gambling needs and for as well uh, your legal gambling needs, by the way, because it is legal. And also we've got a tournament on there, which you can still get into before one o'clock on Monday. So even after these series is finished, we're doing, we're doing a bracket there uh, in concert with the Twitter uh, feed, the NBA central. So it's the entire NBA bracket and you basically pick it and there's $250 up for grabs there. So go to better edge, use the code five RSN at better edge, or just check out again, the Twitter feed. We're going to post the link directly there, pick the brackets. You don't have to pick every game. You're just picking series winners all the way through the championship uh, I, my finals is, and you can see where I'm going in this series, Bucks over Suns in the finals. So go to betteredge.com, use the code 5RSN, uh, or again, click the link directly. You get $20 to play. It's only $5 to enter, and you can win up to $250. It's a pretty good deal, right? You're basically playing with somebody else's money. So prize picks, use the code 5, Better Edge, use the code 5RSN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Starting lineup. They don't have one. I mean, that, that's the whole thing. We're, we're at this point. This is 85th game of the season, right? If you include the two play-in games, they don't have one. They have three starters. Um, who we've talked about the fit all season long. And then beyond that, it's just mix and match at the other spots. So you really could go any direction here, Alex. Um, but I'm with Brady. Like, it, it seems weird to say a guy who just scored 31 in an elimination game has to come out of the lineup. You know, I just I just don't see who he plays. I, I don't see who who Max guards in that lineup. And and going back to when they were able to deal with, with, with Giannis, going back to the bubble, they had – First, they had a guy who's now on the other side now in Jake Crowder. Uh, they had Jimmy. They had Bam. They could even use Derek Jones Jr. for athleticism in spots, although they didn't do it a lot during that series. They just had so many different ways that they could go. They don't have a lot of different ways to go now, but it does seem like the only options are you maybe go you, – you use if you don't want to use Jimmy up on him the whole time, which is asking a lot because I'm, I'm with Brady. I think he's got to guard Middleton. 
I, I mean, I, you're looking right now at 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 what at Hay again, Martin Highsmith, Love, but Love's not going to guard Giannis. That just allows Bam to guard Giannis. Who would you start? There is again no easy answer like that. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be the theme for me when it comes to talking about this this Bucks matchup because you kind of have to like come up with a plan and then a backup plan for when the first plan inevitably doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like I said, I'm not expecting him to start with Kevin Love. I, I think, you know, that's something I would do like on 2K, for example, <laughs> but I'm not expecting uh, Spo to do that in real life. I think it's it might be a little bit too much to ask for. Um, and, and so from there, it's like I've been wanting Caleb to start, but physically I, he can't be the one matching up on Giannis. Right. And and this all also, I think, depends on what Spo is going to do with his defensive strategy. Like I mentioned before, if they're going to be sending two more often than not, you definitely don't start Kevin Love. Maybe that's where Caleb fits in more often. If he's not just, you know, trying to guard Giannis one on one, they're just going to try to do something similar to what the Nets were throwing at Embiid today. And like what we've seen the Heat throw at Embiid and guys like Giannis before, where, you know, when they when they get a post catch, you're sending two and you're trying to turn him into a passer. You just got to be sharp with the rotations. It's really, really, really risky against a team that takes the fourth most threes and makes it at a top 10 three-point percentage, right? Again, despite the barely having Middleton, who's another great scorer, like it's just a lot to ask for to constantly be in rotation. So I don't know what the defensive strategy is going to be, which makes it hard to decide what the starting lineup is going to be. The Highsmith idea is a fun one to think about too, because he is a little bit stronger than Caleb. And again, like anybody not named Bam is not going to be guarding Giannis one-on-one. I think that's going to be the the big thing. Like, there's always going to be, if not just a straight double on the catch, there's going to be the wall, like we talked about before, for years. Um, but more than that, that's why I think he's going to end up going to a mobile wing. So I think it's going to be Caleb or Highsmith. I don't know how you guard Max. I mean, how you start Max again. Um, but again, like, to be, uh, you know, devil's advocate to what I'm, what I'm saying <laughs> Like, if you're going to be just sending two regardless, you know, Max can do that. He, again, he's not going to be guarding anybody one-on-one. It's just – it's not what I would do. It's not what I would do. I, I think you got to go with the guy who's done it for you all season Um, if you're not going to put somebody one-on-one on Giannis, and I don't think they're going to do that. I think Bam will be the one they want to do that with. It would be fun to see Jimmy try to do it. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I would like to see Jimmy <laughs> – Try to see what happens if he embraces that. Just kind of um, don't let him get to his spot. And then you obviously have the wall built where guys are shading off um, who they're defending. Like, I- I'm just trying to come up with different things that you can do, but they're not great options. None of them are great options. You're going to be giving up um, open shots and threes and with just about everything I'm saying. And you're doing all of that to um, to compensate for the lack of size, for not being able to match up with them one-on-one. And I think that's the issue here. So, I don't really have an answer for you. Like I could kind of see it as Caleb. I can see it as Highsmith. I can talk myself into love for spurts, but there's no easy answer. Where would you go, Brady? It's funny because I was thinking about it in terms of like the Highsmith thing specifically. Like I, I was at first thinking love just for the factor of, uh, I just think it makes more sense just one-on-one stuff. But if let's say you do Highsmith, it doesn't just because you're saying Max Struess can't start the four doesn't mean he can't start. And I wonder if they could get weird because let's be honest, I think they have to get weird. Yep. <laughs> like it, 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 this is a series that you are not just going to match up and play their game and go and walk out a, with a win. You have to get weird here, and and you have to try to just find advantages for yourself. Where I wonder if they start Tyler, and I hate saying this because it, and 
Spo always says positionless, but let's just say Tyler at the one in air quotes and maybe start Tyler, Max, Jimmy, a high Smith type and bam, and just kind of play out of there. Let, let high, a high Smith type kind of play Giannis a little bit one-on-one. I mean, it's not going to be one-on-one. They're going to shade help, but that allows Jimmy to guard Middleton and that allows certain things. And you still, if you're starting high Smith, starting Max and Tyler at least gives you a lot more trust offensively to kind of have the spacing that you want be able to run your offense. And, and I guess same goes for Caleb. Cause we were talking me and I was talking about the game yesterday. We're like, who's going to close this game. And I was like, I think honestly it's Tyler, Max, Jimmy, Caleb, bam. So even if they do with Caleb, I think there's a chance that they could end up starting kind of that closing lineup from last night from this past playing game. So it, it's a weird dynamic. I know like it's, it seems odd, but it's like, then the question is, what do you do with Gabe or Kyle? Well, Gabe and Kyle aren't even like givens right now. Like they're both questionable at this current state. So we don't even know if they're going to play. I know Kyle said he's going to play, but you never know what's going to happen with a knee like that. Gabe's injury. We didn't know what was going to happen there either. Uh, And they played, they've liked playing Gabe and Kyle next to each other anyway, where they can work things around there anyway. And I know the bucks can go a little smaller off their bench anyway. So it's a weird dynamic, but I just think they have to just kind of figure some things out and and change some things up. Cause I just don't think you can go in here traditionally. So and I know we're so, – let me just finish and say that the fact of Tyler and Max, I know in the backcourt is scaring people hearing it because that's just sounds like food defensively. But they have to do something to kind of match up where it's like you cannot just sit here and be one-dimensional where it's it's loving and, yeah, they're matching up with Rook, but it's like blitz, recover, blitz, recover, and yawn. It was much as we talked about and you started this off with the threes. Yeah, they shoot a lot of threes and they make a lot of threes, but they also have the most dominant player in the entire NBA. So you make one mistake on your recovery and Giannis is coming down the lane. He's dunking over the top of you. So it's, it's, it's just a weird dynamic. And like we said earlier, you like, you kind of have to be perfect, perfect because any mistake you make, they're going to kind of be able to kind of capitalize. So I wonder if they could end up doing a thing. Cause this Ethan, I know this, we, we talked about this before with Tyler at the one Jimmy's going to be handling anyway. This is the playoffs. He's high usage anyway. So it's not like you're worried about Tyler being like not settling the offense or something. So I wonder if they can go in that direction. All right. I like the way you're both thinking. He's not going to do it. He's not. He's not going to do it. He's going to start Kyle or Gabe. He well, just is, it. because no matter how much he talks about being positionless, when push comes to shove, he doesn't go positionless. Um, I mean, even we talk about the bubble. Okay, for most of that season, Kendrick Nunn, who's a two guard, was essentially playing point. But when it came to the playoffs, he put Goran Dragic, who was never really a pure point, but closer to it at the point guard position and let him handle the ball a lot. And he was a primary scorer. I just don't think, I, I don't think he's going to do that. I, I don't think he's going to, I don't, you know why? I don't think he's going to put that much pressure on Tyler. I, I, I think that because here's where I come down on this, whatever the lineup is, Tyler hero is the most important player in this series for Miami. He's the swing player. And it's in part because I expect something from Jimmy regardless of how he played against this team in the playoffs a couple of years ago. And also because there are certain things I do not expect from Bam at this stage. Um, I expect him to play the kind of defense he played in the last four minutes yesterday. But as far as the offensive stuff, you're taking a guy whose confidence offensively is already a little shot. They're not getting him the ball in his spots. He's not getting to his spots on his own. And now he's going against the team that started all this uh, a couple of years ago with the way that they defend him where he's going to see length. He's going to see Brooks tricks. He's going to see space. That's not really space. He's going to see all kinds of different uh, issues. I just don't think he can be counted on to be a big factor in this series offensively. I don't, I mean, he'll have moments. He'll have maybe a game or two, 
to me, the swing player is, is Tyler. And I understand that, that they guard a little differently than they did before and that they've got Drew Holiday, who's an all-world defender. But I also remember the conversations I had with Tyler prior to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. He wanted to see Milwaukee. He didn't want to see Boston. He wanted to see this drop because he was going to get more of the drop against them than he was against Boston. All right, let's go. I mean, he's had some of his best games against this team. He's had some of his best games in that building. He's the swing guy. He has to have a monster series. I'm not just talking about averaging 21 on 45% shooting. And t- no, he needs to have a monster series. Like I, that, to me, that is, if we're to talk about outlier chances for them to make this thing interesting, he's the X factor in this particular series. Yes, they need to get shooting from some other guys, whether it's Kyle, um, who, who did declare that he would, he would play Sunday. So we'll see how effectively, because typically when he's had knee problems, he has not been effective or the hamstring problems last year, last year. And yes, they need Caleb to play better than he played in spots during that past series. And yes, they need Struess to be more consistent. You're not going to get what you got from him the other night all the time, obviously. But to me, it's about Tyler. And I, I so I think they're going to keep Tyler in his more comfortable spot at this point, which is to play off somebody and to be able to, you know, handle the ball at times. So I don't think that will be the change. I, I think uh, to me, I think he's going to go back to love as a starter. Um, I oh, think that's – Alex, your thoughts? <laughs> you jumped in there. What, you no, don't like I, it? I do. Like I like I said before, I think it makes sense in theory. And I think the fact that you picked up love and there's no easy answer, like I think it's worth a try. I do think it's worth a try. And I was – with... Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the playoffs. You got to have a short leash on Kevin Love. Like he had a really nice game against the Bulls, not so much against the Hawks. And I think a lot of times, you know, like in that first stint, whether or not it's going to be a great game for him. And I, it might be a little bit unfair to judge somebody on that first stint. Right. But I think like the the theory is there for him against the Bucks. They they drop a lot. Like that's still what they do, even though they don't give up nearly as many threes as they used to uh, when the Heat first beat them. They're still dropping. And like Brady mentioned before, it's Drew Holiday a lot of times like navigating those screens. So not, there's there's going to be nothing easy and why, why I think it's going to come down a lot to, you know, the stars making um, end of end of shot clock shots and role players, you know, you hope that they make their threes. But with the love thing, the pick and pop like always allows for, I mean, the the big man to be open if they're just going to be dropping with Lopez there, right? So mm-hmm. you hope that he can drain some of those if Lopez is not going to be out there contesting. And then um, you hope that he can just kind of take on that Lopez matchup because, you know, I don't think Lopez is going to like cook him in the post or anything like that. Um, I think which which is funny, Alex, because when he came into the NBA, that was his thing. That was like he, he was <laughs> I, I know he's become a different player, oh, sure. Brooke has, but that oh, was his yeah. thing. He, he was like declared to be a poor man's Tim Duncan when he came into the NBA because of his footwork. He's still really good at it. Like he's, he's yeah. a natural post score. I'm not like the, uh, diminishing him. I just think it's you know, I think he, that's more of uh, something like when you get a, a small guy switched on to him. I don't think they're going to be running Kevin. I mean, uh, Brooke Lopez post ups uh, when love is matched on to him when he's so wide. Like, I don't think he's going to be able to leverage love for position that well which is i think why you, you maybe try it out and see how it looks and like brady said short leash like if it's just not working if it looks like a disaster um you know what to do and when disaster strikes oh my god that's the best segue you ever given okay so let's mention that because disaster has struck in my area i live in downtown lauderdale so it was brady that's why he's podcasting from a different room right now so maybe maybe he uh, needs to call water cleanup of florida Reach out to them. They're based in Boca Raton. You can find them at WCUFL.com. Water Cleanup of Florida can help you if you've got leaks, mold, any of that stuff. We know a lot of people have leaks this week. 25 inches of rain in Fort Lauderdale and Broward County in just 24 hours. 
My car happened to go through one of those potholes yesterday, so I actually reached out to U-Brake Wheel Fix. We'll talk about them on another episode. Water cleanup of Florida, they can they can fix your problem. Again, um, they are fully licensed and certified. They're based in Boca Raton, but they service the entire area. They do work all the way down to the Keys, all the way out to the west, west coast of Florida. They were out helping the people uh, in Fort Myers after they had the storms. Uh, water cleanup of Florida, WCUFL.com. Again, that's WCUFL.com, and they've got this great program now a membership program and they they give you preventative maintenance and you should know by now you take care of things beforehand make sure that your house uh is inspected and they give you the tips and all that stuff hurricane priority service air quality testing and more so reach out to michael 954-579-0356 954-579-0356 check out their 70 plus five star reviews on google and go to wcu fl.com again that's wcufl.com mention five reasons and they'll give you a discount when you got the schmutz they've got the guts there you go you had a question mark there at the end all right but at least you jumped in this time i'm not late man no i know that well Leif will be on here Leif was on playback picking the heat in seven so that's uh like he i guess he'll claim <laughs> that one but i think he's going to make a separate prediction to me privately uh but he'll throw that one out there for you people there he's gonna get mad at me for saying that um, all right. So we basically can't agree on the start, what he's going to do with the starting lineup. Uh, there are different directions that he can go, but either way, we kind of know what the Bucks rotation is going to be, uh, at this stage. Okay. Uh, it's going to be Brooke. It's going to be Giannis. It's going to be provided that Middleton starts. He had a full practice. So apparently they can stretch him out a little bit more. Grayson Allen, uh, is now, I guess they're starting two guard and then holiday. Uh, and then their bench is Javon Carter has been playing ahead of Dragic. Jay Crowder, uh, Joe Ingles, uh, now that he's healthy. By the way, fun fact, top three teams in the uh, in the East this year had only have only one undrafted player in their rotations, and that's Joe Ingles. Um, Philadelphia has a bunch of second-round picks, but they don't have undrafted guys. Just, again, different way of team building. Um, and then I'm missing somebody. Oh, and Portis, and Bobby Portis, who's a six-man-of-the-year candidate. So Portis, uh, Portis, Crowder up front, Javon Carter, and Ingles – and that doesn't even go – when they go deeper than nine, if they need to plug someone in, they'll have Connaughton, who's coming back uh, healthier now, I guess, Dragic, and others. They have a lot of good players. Like, foul trouble is not going to upset them. They got a lot of different directions that they can go. Um, so let's see on the Miami's end. Like, if we if the Bucks, if somebody gets hurt, the Bucks need to go deeper than seven, deeper than eight, deeper than nine, they can do that. Is there an X-Factor player from Miami in this series? Like, I'll just throw this at Brady first because I know how he feels about this, but I'll let him have. Is there a role for Victor Oladipo in this series? Oh, God. Wait, that was Alex that jumped in with the old God. I don't want Brady Clay. Sorry, that. I thought ahead. it was beauty. <laughs> You're the Depot if, guy, Brady. Is and if, if, Alex is, Depot? If, if Alex is saying, oh, God, I don't know what my response should be, but uh, – I don't think so. Like, I, I, this is the time now where it's like, we, I don't think they should be expanding. They should be shrinking. So I think we know what that is at this time. But like, if you're going to try new things, you have to try things <laughs> that are more front court based that can actually, if you're going to throw in guys at the end of your rotation, you need to have uh, something that can guard Giannis or, or something to that extent. I just think maybe if you're that jammed offensively and you're like depot, just go get a bunch of shots up. But even if that's the case, I don't think that's anything positive. I don't think they're ever going to just say, just go out there and do that stuff. So uh, I don't think so. Like, I think though, I think they stay kind of with this as much as we don't know the starting lineup. I think we know the group of players that are potentially going to play the weird. We talk about X factors. 
Portis feels like it always feels like an X factor against mm-hmm. Miami, but he yeah. really feels like an X factor in this series to me because I don't see somebody for Miami that can card him. Like if they put Love at back of five, or if they start him and he's facing him, I think that's you know there's mismatches there. If they start kind of doing the Cody Zeller's backup big for the short stint that Bam's out, also it's a weird dynamic of guarding him. So it's like I really don't know. I think he's gonna obviously have a big series, but in ter- I really do agree with you. I'm not even. Gonna, I know last series or the Hawks playing game, we had a different X factor. I do totally agree. I think the only maybe if I could differ is maybe I can lean Bam, but I do personally lean Tyler in terms of heat X factors. I just think if he is able to kind of be that on ball player that he's been against the Bucks in the past, I know it's a little bit different in in playoff series when they're kind of able to lock in on him, but they just need him to be able to hit the shots that he's hit against that drop. If they're not falling it's going to look exactly like 2021 playoff series when they were just getting a bunch of shots that they wanted and it didn't matter. Like Goran, Kendrick, Tyler were all just pulling up at the free throw line and just couldn't knock anything down. So if like Tyler's able to do that, it opens everything up for them. Then all of a sudden uh, Bam's looks at the rim look a lot better. All of a sudden Jimmy's drives don't have to have to work as far as hard. You look at the fact Max's threes look a lot freer because they're helping down on Tyler when he's driving into his pull-up. So like everything revolves around him, which is weird because we talked about it last year, like last season in the playoffs where there was like certain teams that were focused on him and it didn't really work in a lot of teams favor, even though they came up short, the teams that kept going at Tyler, it was just opening more things up for Jimmy, but this is a, a base kind of defense that they haven't faced in that playoff series where it's more so uh, built to kind of stop Jimmy like players, almost <laughs> like the fact that they're not going to allow Jimmy just plunge to the rim. But then I really do believe to counter that, Jimmy Butler will still plunge to the rim. Like he does not care about your defensive coverages. Like that's what I've learned over this amount of time that it really doesn't matter. Jimmy's going to be Jimmy. So I do agree that Tyler's the X factor. uh, And it's a completely other X factor on the other side, because I think it's a big man, but to answer your original question, no new players, no depot. I don't think the only one is that I think we could see surprise is Highsmith. Uh, Yeah. Well, I I noticed the, he doesn't care anymore by him going one on four in transition uh, yesterday. And you're right. He doesn't care. Alex, could we see Cody Zeller in this series? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I'm not sure exactly how it would work. Right. Cause I, again, I don't know that he would play like with Kevin love and they might have to pick between the two as backup fives. If love is not going to be starting. Um, So yeah, I, I, it does feel like a series that he could match up in. Like, and like Brady said, it's gotten to the point with the, the, the way that the heater is so small that Bobby Portis is a freaking matchup problem. Like that is not good. And I'm not, I know I've always like, you know, talked down on Bobby Portis as a joke. I He's, he's absolutely a matchup problem, obviously not to the same degree as others, but that's, just, it, it illustrates the, the, I think the roster construction issues with the team that we all are familiar with at this point. But yeah, like because of that, you might see some weirder, bigger lineups that we haven't necessarily seen. Like this would be the team to do it against. Um, you know, because it's not like the bigs they're playing outside of Giannis are like extremely mobile or anything like that. I think, oh man, there's just like, no easy answer. That's really what I keep coming back to with this team. Like, I don't know. I'm really interested to see what Spo comes out with tomorrow because I'm just not sure what he's going to go with any of this. I think Cody's other plays. I don't think Depot plays. I agree with Brady. I think Highsmith probably gets in there. I just don't know. Like, I think we might see Spo shift in game plans, which is usually a sign of um, something not good happening. But like Brady said before, you have to get weird. You you have to try different things because, you know, there there is no right answer. I know I keep saying it. It's just, man, matching up with this team is going to be so tough. And I, I spent the whole season talking about how they're going to 
it feels like they're headed for a similar ending as two seasons ago. I didn't think it was going <laughs> to literally end up against, you know, with them playing the Milwaukee Bucks again. I think it's it's kind of poetic that they're right back here again. And, and just the way that both seasons played out, you know, with um, the offseason beforehand, losing the, the starting power forward that got you to the to the playoff run. That was a, bit, a big part of the playoff run, I mean. And then not adding anybody, things not working out, and all of a sudden you're you're on the brink of getting swept. And well, I don't now, know and now they now they picked now they picked up the power forward that you replaced with the other power forward that you took and from them. And the starting point guard from that team. Correct. And neither of those guys are with you now. They even have Myers Leonard, who literally started that season for the Heat for the Heat, even though he's he hasn't played a whole bunch. For the Bucks since they signed him, I'll I'll just close here and we thank our spot and then we're gonna give our, our official picks here uh, before before we close. We'll just do the picks right afterwards. Uh, prize picks use code five F I V E MiamiGamingParties.com. Uh, check them out. Check them out. That's our, that's one of our coolest sponsors actually. Uh, Water Cleanup of Florida. I mentioned them before. WCUFL.com. Uh, get on get in their maintenance program. You're certainly gonna need it if you've learned anything uh, from what happened here in Broward County this week. And also BetterEdge.com. Use code five R S N. I, I look the way the NBA works. Okay. And Riley knows this because he's in, been on both sides of this is that there's the hunted and the hunter, right? There's the hunted teams in each conference. And then there's the people, there's the teams that are hunting. And Pat Riley for years and years and years was on a hunted team with the Lakers. Everybody was trying to match up with a team you could not match up with because they, <laughs> the only team that can match up with them was the one in Boston. Okay. But and maybe Philadelphia briefly, and maybe Houston for a little bit. But for the most part, during that era, you were not going to match up with it for a team that had the leading scorer of all time to that point. Uh, you know, the the greatest point guard in NBA history happened to be six foot nine, arguably the greatest uh, uh, transition finisher and big game player uh, at his position of his time, and James Worthy plus an elite two-guard in Byron Scott, the best six-man in the league in, my, in Michael Cooper. There was no way you were matching up with that team, but teams tried. They kept trying in the West. They tried this, they tried that with all the other. He went to the Knicks and he was on the other side of it where he had to match, try to match up with the greatest player of all time <laughs> who was playing with arguably the best, uh, you know, two-way player of his generation in Scottie Pippen. And then later on, whether it was whatever power forward he had, whether it was Horace Grant or Charles Oakley or Dennis Rodman, an elite <laughs> power player there, okay? And he chased and he chased and he chased and he never got them, but he chased. And then he comes to Miami and he's still chasing that team and others. And then he's on the other side of it where he's got a big three team that everybody is chasing. And the Indiana Pacers made change. All these teams made changes to try to match up with Miami, right? But the big three got out of the, the East for four years. And now he's back on the other side of this where we know – and Boston's really good. We don't know what's going to happen with Jalen Brown, but we know what the team to beat is going to be in the, in the, in the Eastern conference for the next few years, because they have the best player. <laughs> they have the best player and they figured out a way to surround that player with players who fit perfectly. They paid the price to get drew holiday. It's worked. They've added veteran role guys. They are now what the heat were during the big three era where veteran role guys, when they get bought out, they want to go there when they can sign for the minimum, they want to go there. And, and the thing that I think is frustrating to heat fans is, you beat this team three years ago in the bubble. It was not a fluke. You beat them. Okay. You were beating them before Giannis got hurt in that series. And here we are three years later, and it feels like you are so far behind. And not only that, but you're the least equipped to beat them that you've been during this era. You, 
before you had pieces to match up with Giannis. Now you've got six foot five Caleb Martin and six foot six Haywood Highsmith. And it feels to me like they've lost sight of the ball here. <laughs> like we can talk about getting another score and all that. You got to go through Milwaukee in this conference, just like you had to go through LeBron, just like you had to go through Magic and, and Worthy and, and Jabbar before that, when Pat was was coaching them and involved with them. I don't know how they get there. I mean, I, it seemed like the, the plan was to steal Giannis, <laughs> but, that, but that didn't work. And, and so I, I think that this series, unfortunately, and I hope people tell me I have the guts and they, I guess some of the people are saying that five sports into a loser account the past couple days. I'm not rooting. I wasn't rooting against them. Okay. Like others, I'm just being realistic here at this stage. They aren't close to this team right now. And I think that in some ways this may be a reality check with that. And I'm a little concerned. It's going to look somewhat like the Atlanta Boston game did for most of today. Um, so how do they beat them? They need an otherworldly performance from Tyler hero. They need Jimmy Butler to break through against this team in a way that he has not always. And yes, they need Bam to knock down the shots when they're offered to them. But even if those three things happen, I still don't know that it's enough because I don't know what level. I mean, can Struess have four games like that? I mean, Gabe has been extremely – the point guard play has been extraordinarily inconsistent. You get one game a month, it seems like, from each of the guys. I, I, I just – I don't know. I, and I think that that is – when the Heat go back to the drawing board this summer, you have to start with how are we going to get past the Giannis-led Bucks over the next three or four years because they are not uh, going away. With that being said, we'll be on playback uh, Sunday at 5.30. We'll have usual pregame and postgame shows. I'm saying Bucks in five. I do think that the Heat can get one. I think it might be like that 3-0 situation where the Bucks relax. They're in Miami here for a couple of days and you know it's one day in between Miami steals a game plays with some pride and then goes up to Milwaukee and loses does anybody have it any different than heat than excuse me bucks <laughs> i know everyone say heat in 5 then bucks in 5 yeah i'm going to say i'm going to say bucks in 6 oh so i'm i have the guts today clearly uh but i'm going to be honest if we want a bold take i do have a bold take i think they win game 1 oh. but i think they lose in 6 I think this is one of those games where Milwaukee's been off for a little bit. They can catch them off guard. They have a little bit of rhythm, but then it dies out quickly. Where it, they, this is kind of what they did in 2021. Yeah, like they they had game one in hand, and it just fell apart. And when that fell apart, yeah, they 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 gave they up. They collapsed because they yeah. knew that they, if they <laughs> can't get that game, they're not getting any of these other games. But I think this is that situation where they kind of get game one. They make it kind of uh, they split in Miami as well, and then they kind of lose two in a row in five and six. That's kind of where I stand. They should have won that game, Alex. Like if we were going to rewatch a game on playback, I, which is something we're going to start doing, we're going to start watching classic games. They had that game, like they they took it to overtime, and they just, it, I mean, Jimmy had it. They just ran out of gas there. But then after that, it was my game. Is just misery business. There. I, I mean, I wonder what would have happened if they'd won it. Which again is sort of what Brady's talking about. I still don't know if they win that series, but it would have certainly gone a long way to steal it. I mean, do you see it going five, six, four, or you give him more of a chance than that? I uh, a little upset with Brady because I also wanted to say Bucks and six, and I think it comes down to my brain saying Bucks and five, and my guts saying Bucks and seven. Uh, so yeah, Bucks and six feels right. Uh, look, I, I think this team has left everybody with absolutely no confidence that they're going to turn it into a real series. And I completely get that. I'm there as well, kind of. I'm just excited to cover a playoff series again. I've seen Jimmy Butler turn it up countless times in the playoffs. 
I've seen the way that Bam has looked out there versus the Bucks ever since that series. Um, I'm I'm kind of expecting him because I, I know I haven't mentioned him. I, I'm I'm expecting him to look that way again because I think there's just going to be so many of those looks available to him when their actions inevitably are are stopped short and they don't get an easy shot. I think they're going to look to Bam a lot. I think the attempts are going to come back up, which everybody has been wanting to see. Um, and I'm expecting a big series from him. I think Tyler is obviously going to get a lot of usage. You guys went into why. I mean, why and how important he is going to be for them. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a hot shooting series. Like, I think we're going to see more of them selling out on Jimmy and Bam in the paint. They're not going to get those easy looks because of how good they are. And look, maybe they don't need to send that much extra help because you have Giannis and Lopez down there. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat had, you know, all of a sudden you get a hot couple of games and not the, the entire series, but if the if the Heat got it to six games, I wouldn't be entirely surprised. If the Heat um, got swept, I wouldn't be entirely surprised. That's just kind of where I'm at. <laughs> I I think the only way we'd be entirely surprised is if they won the series. Um, I, I'm looking at the uh, the odds on Better Edge and other places. Uh, basically, Bucks have been giving between a 90 and 95 percent chance to win the series, depending on the book. Uh, if you take a look at the odds and and look that this is what a 1-8 series looks like. It's what a 1-8 series looks like. And over the course of time, the Heat have been on the other side of this. I, I look back at it, and first, first we should recognize the accomplishment because we really didn't the other day. Uh, the Heat have made the playoffs 22 of the 28 years since Pat Riley took over, which as Sacramento was about to play its first playoff game in 17 years tonight, that is remarkable. It's a remarkable streak. And I actually, I think it's only the second time they've been the eight seed. And the first time was the first year. They were the, they were the first year when he put that team together kind of in the middle of the season and they lost to the bulls. And again, I keep coming back to this. There was a similar gap in wins that year between those two teams. The gap in wins is usually about 15, 14, maybe a little bit more this year. What is it? 14 wins between the bucks and the heat. And as much as the heat had injuries and they did, the bucks had, whether you believe he's their second, I believe he's their third best player, but they had one of their top three players out uh, for more than half of the season. They still won 58 games. So, we hope it's a competitive series. Now that they're here, Heat fans can stop rooting for them to lose because at this point, I mean, you're in the dance. So you just try to go as far as you possibly can. I say Heat in five. The two of you guys say Heat in six. Or Alex is kind of straddling the fence on it a little bit. You just said Heat in five and Heat in six? Wow. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I should just end it there. We should clip it. That way it could be right either way. A lot of people like doing that. That's not really us. Coming on our bases. Uh, Bucks and Bucks and five. Bucks and five. That's where we're headed right now. We're not going to print T-shirts for that. All right. We will be on coverage, though, on Sunday. Um, we're, we're doing playback on the road game uh, for both road games and all, all four of us, actually. And then uh, we'll have a different crew that's mixed in with us. And then we'll be at the home game uh, starting later in the week. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.